Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, this morning... Uh, we are going to, we have entered the, uh, the season, right? This is the fall. We've entered into November, and now we are into the season. And we're calling this series Thanksgiving. Yeah, two separate words kind of joined together. Uh, we're going to look at the jo- uh, joy and giving today, being content. And uh, this is a special time because we're, uh, we're jumping into this holiday season. It's also a a season where we can learn to give back to the Lord. And there are a few things that we must remind ourselves of on a regular basis. And the big one really comes down to this. Temporary things will not bring lasting happiness. Only God brings happiness, lasting happiness. If you're familiar with him, uh, Jim Carrey said this, comedian, he said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see it's not the answer. I kind of like that. Some guy said it this way. He said, whoever loves money enough or whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This is too meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. Sound like America, right? And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? The guy that said that was Solomon over in Ecclesiastes 5, uh, verses 10 and 11. He goes on to say, Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. We come in naked, we go out that way, right? And so they take nothing from their toil that they can carry in their hands. What a bummer. (laughs) I tell you, I think we all realize that we can't take it with us. It doesn't really, uh, it doesn't really matter. We know that uh, things are things and they stick around when we're gone. They rust, they decay, they rot, all those kind of things. But it's hard sometimes for people to think, they think, well, I worked so hard on that project. There's no way I can leave it behind. Well, the fact is, is we're all going to leave that stuff behind. It's going to rot and go Uh, and stay here on this earth for the time. It's kind of like, uh, I think people have the idea of the Egyptian pharaohs whose tombs were filled with riches and sometimes family members with them. And uh, they had things like King Tut's uh, mask. You know, the mask he had, it weighed 22 pounds. No big deal, except it was solid gold. Uh, Add that one up real fast. They had paintings, they had jars, they had food for the afterlife. They must have been hungry, I guess. Uh, The pharaohs even took boats and chariots in case they wanted to ride around. All right. They placed uh, weapons and games in their tombs with them. And, well, the archaeologists found it. They didn't get to use those things. So we really can't take this stuff with us. Lasting joy comes through Christ and giving. Temporary things are simply that. They're just temporary. They're tools for us to use now while we live on God's green earth. But tools are not the goal. They are simply a means to an end. They help us do something, but they're not the prize. Who's the prize? God's the prize. He's the one that we get to see and to be with. 
He's our great reward. Imagine you were a plumber with me, and so you had a, you're a plumber, and in your plumber's toolbox, you have a pipe wrench, and you have a set of channel lock pliers, and you have a, a, a die to be able to cut threads and on your pipes that you're putting together. Uh, now, your only goal as a pl- if your only goal as a plumber was to have a nice set of tools that you could show people and say, hey, look, you see, I see my pipe wrench here, you know I'm a plumber. Or you say, hey, here's my uh, die to cut threads. Hey, you can tell I'm a plumber. You know, you can do all that all you want, but the tools are in your toolbox so that you can do the work of a plumber to feed your family. If you missed the point, you would walk around all day bragging about the tools you have, right? But those tools are just simply a means to an end, uh, and uh, you can't miss the point. Finally, your boss would probably come up to you if all you did was look at your tools and say, hey, look at this. He would probably say, you know what, I'm sorry, friend, but uh, you've worked for me for, uh, you know, three weeks now, and I can't pay you. You'd probably look back at him and say, what? And you say, well, you know, you say you're a plumber. You have all the tools to be a plumber. The only problem is, is you've never done any work. And so we know that that guy would have missed that point if all he did was focus on the things, the tools. The old saying that says, he who finishes with the most toys wins, or tools, it's really not true, is it? We have to remind ourselves time and time again that everything that we have is for a season And our toys or our tools won't last forever. They're simply here for us to use while we're on this earth. And temporary things will not bring lasting happiness. Only God can. In fact, it could be that we could use them to bless others beyond ourselves. This point, let's see what the Holy Spirit says to us through the writer of Hebrews. He has several things that he's going to say to us in these first six verses of Hebrews 13. He says this, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honored by all in the marriage bed, kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Verse 5, keep your lives free from the love of many and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we will say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me or what can man do to me? As we look at this passage and we go through some things here, we understand that this passage uh, demonstrates that true Christian commitment involves living out our commitment to Christ in the nitty-gritty of, the de- of daily living. It's an everyday living. And so it doesn't matter if it's beds and bankrolls, but we, they cannot be separated from our theology, from our teaching, from the Word of God. We can't separate it. And this is where the reality of our relationship with God is revealed. The dusty and crowded sidewalks, the kitchen tables, the lunchrooms, and lounges are places where we must confess His name and do good and share with others. If we're to live authentically as believers, 
We have to follow him in a way that brings glory to his name. We have to work out these principles in a daily practice. So how we work and how we live in our area, our sphere of influence, whether it's at our job or whether we're volunteering at the Red Cross or doing something like that, we need to be people who are upright and are standing firmly in our faith, sharing the hope of Christ that we have. Now let's, let's uh, answer this question this morning. Where does joy come from in this passage? Where does the joy come from? Now really we can see here it's in several places, but first we have to listen to what uh, is said in Acts chapter 20 verse 35. It says this, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must, we must help the weak, Remember the words of the Lord Jesus himself as he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now these words of Jesus are not found in other passages of the scripture, but they're likely some of the earliest statements that that were given and provided. And the apostle Paul is quoting them here uh, and sharing them, passing them on to us. And this principle is spoken about in many different ways through Hebrews chapter 13. We also understand that contentment can give us joy. So where does joy come from? Sometimes the joy that we gain in our life is simply from the contentment that we build in our lives. Yet the reality is is that contentment is an attitude that we build in our lives as we trust Christ to take care of us. So we build that attitude of commitment. So let's look at some of these key elements here in this passage of what the Holy Spirit is reminding us of. So for those who follow Jesus are to be concerned for the needs of others. Those Christ has died for cannot live for themselves. So we can't just live for ourselves. And following Christ in faith and in action and, in, and through love is hard work. Some, uh, so the writer draws attention to something of what it means to live out in love. Let's look at that first verse again. He says, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. He's telling us, and you know, these all aren't, uh, all the people that he's speaking to, they're not all related, right? Uh, It's hard enough to love your own brother and sister, right? Does anybody have siblings in here or is it just me? Uh, it's, It's challenging to sometimes to love our sibling. Uh, But he is telling us, when we relate to one another as followers of Jesus, that we call one another brother and sister in that sense, that we have that that, uh, connection, that camaraderie together, because it doesn't mean that we have to uh, uh, get on one another's nerves, but we may do it now and then, right? I heard a yell. (laughs) It just happens. That's part of life, and that's part of living. But he says... Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. So why would he have to remind the Hebrew followers of Jesus that they need to love each other? Maybe at times that they didn't see eye to eye. Maybe they did get on each other's nerves at times. And uh, maybe they had to work at it. Maybe they forgot. Do you ever forget things? I forget things now and then. And it's important for us not to forget uh, so you, we all have different preferences in this life, and some you may say, I like the blue chair, and I may say, I like a brown chair, uh, but at some point, we have to work together and decide what color we're going to get a chair, right? So maybe we get a blue and a brown chair. Uh, the ladies say that, that doesn't, that doesn't mix. I understand. <laughs> but, 
brotherly love. It's important that we have that phileo, that brotherly love. It's, import, it's one of the most important virtues in the New Testament. Those who are linked in, common, in a common bond of having been saved by the death of Jesus can't but have a good feeling towards another believer in Christ. Calvin said this, he said, we can only be Christians if we are brethren. He's trying to take it to another level, another step up there, saying we are brothers and sisters in Christ. If, some, if something has changed, has changed in our heart, then we can expect that brother, brotherly love should be part of who we are. It takes us beyond ourselves as followers of Jesus. If we're, missing a, uh, if we're missing a heart change and just have religion, we need to meet God at His altar of mercy. So where is joy here? Well, joy is in our love for each other. Joy is in our love for one another. Secondly, in that second verse there, we see, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. So the writer is not saying that we should only be hospitable simply on the chance that we might get to meet an angel. But because God is pleased when we're hospitable to one another and to those outside of our ranks. Sometimes the unexpected results follow when we show hospitality to, to those around us. Isn't this one of those reasons that Jesus said it's more blessed to give than receive? Because we have the opportunity as followers of Jesus to be a giver towards others around us, whether that's a giver of mercy, a giver of kindness, a giver of hope. As we show kindness and hospitality towards others, not only do they feel accepted, but it also gives us joy. We know that something good happened in their lives. Uh, yesterday, I was sitting down on the couch. I was working on uh, a Bible class lesson for the in between first and second service, and and uh, so I had a student that had been texting me all day, went up from when I used to teach at the at the college, and he was asking me uh, about a vehicle that he had done some. Uh, you rebuild an engine in this vehicle, and he was having a problem with it, and it was uh, blowing smoke out the exhaust. You don't care about all those details, probably, but. Uh, but he was asking me, and he said, well, what about this? And I'm, I'm telling him, okay, you've got to go through this. You've got to do this test. You've got to do this check and all of that. And, and so uh, finally he calls me a little bit later, and he said, uh, uh, he said I'm not bothering you, am I? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm working on something for tomorrow. But I said, that's okay. I said, uh, what, what question do you have? And so I helped walk through some of this with him. And, and finally, at the end, he figured out what the problem was, was with my direction there. And, and he texted me back and he said, I owe you big time. And he knew if he didn't uh, get some help, he was going to pay a lot of money to have the thing fixed if he couldn't do it. And then I turned over and I said to my wife, you know, I taught him that last year while I was still teaching in school. <laughs> Go figure but it gave me an opportunity to share with him. I was still gonna give him the time, even though, did I have the time? Not really. Well, it was daylight savings time change, right? <laughs> no, I, ha I, I made the time, right? Because I knew that that young man's not a follower of Jesus. I don't know what doors the Lord will open for me in the future with him, 
or maybe not with me, but maybe with another follower of Jesus that can share faith with him. Hospitality for the early church was very important for them because the inns were expensive and sometimes they had bad reputations to traveling ministers who would usually have to stay with people in their homes. Uh, We've done that too in our day and age some, but even today your hospitality is important for others who are join our services and ministries. They need to feel welcomed and accepted into the TFA family. That's one of the reasons we have the host team with the ushers, the greeters, the hospitality team, welcome center, all those people. But that's all like official type of stuff. But it's more than just these formal type of ministries. It has to be us as individuals as part of the body of Christ showing love and concern and acceptance to those who come in to be with us. He says, do not forget to show hospitality. Sometimes we can be forgetful. Sometimes we can be forgetful when it comes to some of the most basic basic attitudes and graces in this life. And it may be that you get so busy in doing what you do that you forget the little things that make life joyful. We need to be able to step back in our walk with Jesus at times and allow God to work in us in the basic things. Because God has a plan for each and every one of us. We get forgetful. We need reminded. There's a story about a guy who uh, uh, was from the big city who was visiting uh, a relative who was a farmer. And uh, the farmer was out there. there. He uh, whistles for his dog to get his dog to go out. And his dog goes out and rounds up some animals, brings them into the corral, and then is able to get the, get the gate locked. And so... As that happens, then uh, the relative from the city is like, wow, that is awesome. How'd you do that, you know? And uh, so, and then he, then he said, what, so what's that dog's name? Because he's amazed how this dog can do all this. And then the farmer says this. He says, um, well, um, what do you call that red flower that smells good and has thorns on the stem? What do you call that? A rose, yeah, he said. And that's when he turned to his wife and said, Hey, Rose, what's the name of our dog? (laughs) Oh, yes. All right. We'll move on. So we forget things now and then, right? Sometimes they go over like a lead balloon. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) So we can can be like the old farmer who forgets things and, and becomes forgetful. And we need to be reminded once in a while. Hebrews gives us another reminder in verse 3 because we tend to forget what he says here. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as, as if you yourselves were suffering. The writer takes a, a further step in turning his attention to prisoners and And guests may come uninvited, but prisoners must be sought out. In the first century, prisoners were not treated well. They they depended on uh, supporters for necessities like food because they didn't provide them that. It wasn't readily provided for them. Sometimes people wouldn't help them because they didn't want to identify with the prisoners and maybe what their, uh, for their crime was, but Followers of Jesus should have compassion on those in prison as if you were their fellow prisoner. The Holy Spirit is saying, don't forget them. There's joy in kindness. There's joy in hospitality. There's joy in giving mercy. 
But we see a second thing here too. We see that joy comes in being content. As I said earlier about in verses 1 to 6, it shows that true Christian commitment involves living out commitment to Christ in our daily living and that beds and bankrolls can't be separated from our theology or from our teaching. And this is, this is really where our, our relationship with God is manifested. So look at what Hebrews says here in verses 4 to 6, and we go on. And he says, marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. So he's using some strong words here. And then he says in verse 5, he said, keep your lives free from the love of many and be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And then he says, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Verse 4 is a reminder that we as followers of Jesus must keep our lives pure. It's what the Lord expects of us. He says marriage should be honored by all. We know that scripture from the very beginning in Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 provides the basics of marriage and its purpose. In verse 27 and 28, it says this, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, and he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. It's plain, we understand from what scripture was teaching, that marriage was a man and a woman for the purpose of procreation. That was God's purpose for marriage then and the only kind of marriage that Scripture refers to throughout its entirety. We should learn to become content in this. We should learn to become content with God's design. We should be content in our marriage or in our singleness. Hebrews speaks of the marriage bed as a euphemism for physical intimacy. We know that, uh, that contrary to the views of some people in the ancient world, there's nothing degrading about it. But he shows that immorality and adultery goes, adultery goes against biblical marriage, which, and it was translated sexual, what was translated sexual immorality uh, in the Greek is usually translated fornicators. And the word adulterers, which uh, comes from uh, the Greek, what, another Greek word, moikos, is used where violation of the marriage bond is involved. So the key, though, for us is that all forms of sexual sin come under God's judgment. And in other words, we should grow to be content in the situation that we are in, as Paul says, married or single. There can be joy in our lives if we will work towards contentment. Joy and contentment in relationships is important. It's significant for us as followers of Jesus in the day that we live in. Very important. In fact, I will say that as I told in the early service as well, many people will think that cohabitation is an issue of young people. But the fact is uh, that it is rising. I just read an article recently that the most of the couples that are cohabitating are over the age of 50. So it is those seniors and olders. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't issues for those in their 20s, etc. But what we realize is we have to step back as followers of Jesus and make sure that we are content in who we are and who God has made us and allow Him to work through our lives 
and to live out our lives in a way that pleases him. Verse 5, we're going to jump into there. He says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, I will never leave you. Never will I forsake you. That is a promise to us, friends. That's a wonderful promise to us. And then he goes on to say, and I've read it again, I'll read it again. He said, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. We don't have to be afraid. Money's another area that tests the authenticity of our devotion to God. Every one of us. The heart, is too, the, the heart that is too close to the back pocket is out of place and grows numb to the good gifts and provisions of God. Again, it provides an arena in which spiritual vitality can be grown and demonstrated. There are some ethics, I think, in our world that we've missed out on when it comes to how we live and our funds and all those things. Corey Tinboom, who is from World War II, some of you would remember her or know, her, know of her name. I had the opportunity to meet uh, one of her administrators when I was in East Africa one time. It was, it was great to meet her and to hear what she said, a person that was closest to Corey and how she viewed her. She had a very positive view of her. But Corey Tinboom says this story about her family when she was a child and they were running out of funds. They needed to pay their bills. The bank said, hey, uh, it's time for you to pay up. And so they were praying as a family one morning, asking God to send a customer to the shop that day so that they could, uh, would buy a, a watch or something and uh, so that they could use that income to pay their bills off. And so during that day, a customer came in. He came in with a large sum of cash and came into the store. He picked out and paid for an expensive watch. But at the same time, uh, he complained about a Christian watchmaker down the street and suggesting that the merchant had sold him a, a, a bad watch. And so Casper, who was Corey's father, asked the man if he could look at the watch over and see what he could do. And so he looked at the watch. He's already sold him the other watch. And so he... He fixes the watch that the other man had made for him. And then he says, well, since you don't need that, I'll give you your money back and I'll take back the other watch. He's, you know, he was just had the opportunity to pay his bills and now he gave it up. And Corey said as a child, she says, Papa, why did you do that? Aren't you worried about the bills you have due? Her father responded, there is blessed and unblessed money, explaining that God would, would not be pleased if another believer's reputation is being ruined. God would provide for them. And just a few days later, another man came into the shop and he bought the most expensive watch that they had in the shop. And it paid all of their bills off and also was able to, to set money back aside to send Corey for, to Switzerland for two years of education in the watchmaking. When we're faithful to God, God takes care of us. How we live and how we do business in this life matters. How we respond to the opportunities that are set before us, whether it's money or work, uh, it will impact our witness and it will affect on how we have an effect on how we live. The writer of Hebrews says this, he says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. We all have to learn to be content in our life situations 
You have to keep yourself free, free from loving something that is temporary. There's all kinds of temporary stuff around us. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just it's something that we have that's simply a tool, and that's all. The cure for the love of money is contentment. And so the writer says, be satisfied with what you have. Our contentment should be in what Christ gives us, not in what we can achieve for ourselves. Money can't save us. Things can't save us. They can't bring contentment. Most people find money often fails to keep up with their ex- ex- expectations. The stuff is going to pass by the way. The stuff is going to rot, isn't it? We're in the holiday season. People are already gearing up. Hey, we've got to buy gifts for family. Got to do this and that. Gearing up and putting things down on your calendar for what you're going to do around Christmas time. And you're thinking, well, do I get this person this, get this person that, et cetera, et cetera. We can go on and on, but we realize that those things will pass away. Where money fails, God doesn't fail. God has said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. Faith reminds us that God is in control We have to remember that we have everything we need if we're in Him. So how can we learn to be content? Strive to live with less rather than desiring more. Live out of your abundance rather than accumulating more. Enjoy what you have rather than uh, resenting what you're missing. See God's love expressed in what He has provided. And remember that money and possessions will all pass away. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, He who has God and everything has no more than he who has God alone. Materialistic cravings and greed are just destructive, destructive because they show dependence on money and things rather than Christ. Don't forget what Hebrews says in the last part here in verses 5 and 6. I will never leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? We can be content as followers of Jesus, knowing that the Lord, he will take care of our lives. Would you stand with me this morning? Temporary things won't bring us happiness. Only God can bring it. There is joy for us, and that joy comes in His kindness, in in hospitality, and giving mercy to others around us. Joy can enter your life as you learn to be content. Joy comes in giving, being a blessing, and being grateful for what we have. As Angela was saying this morning, don't forget the one day to feed the world. We're, go, we're looking for that day towards the, towards the latter part of this month where we can be part of giving towards that wonderful event and that wonderful ministry to touch the lives of young people all around the world who don't have what they need. We're going to have the opportunity to give towards that. You may not have much to be able to give in that sense. But one thing we can all give, and that's for sure, and that's prayer, to pray for those who are in need, pray for those that are suffering, pray for those that are in prison. Pray for those, whether it's their fault or not their fault. 
whether they are persecuted or not. We want to pray for those and take care of those. Joy comes in giving of ourselves, of being a blessing and being grateful for what we have. Let's pray, friends. Father, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity that we have to be able to give back to you in whatever fashion. Father, we pray that you would help us to be able to keep our focus on you, that we would be able to recognize that all this stuff in the world, it won't benefit us, it's just going to rot. But what we have that's most important is our relationship with you and our relationship with others. For some of you in here, you may not yet have a relationship with Christ. You may not have accepted Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You may not have yielded yourself to Him and allow Him to be Lord in your life. But He today would love to give you the opportunity to come to Him in faith and trust Him as your Lord and Savior. He has something wonderful to give you, which is eternal life. No man can give that. No woman can give that. No one can give that to us but the Savior.